You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode Breakout. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's up, Mike? Star Wars fans back in Resistance this week and uh, talking Breakout, Mike. And I think the Breakout star of this episode might be CB23. Wow, he did a lot of quite a few things in this episode. We'll she, get into it. She, CB23 is oh, female. She. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, we're coming at you early this week, uh, a day early, because I'm bad at scheduling. Um, <laughs> I'm not working right now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm off for the, for Christmas vacation until Thursday, so I don't generally even know what day it is. Um, nothing really matters all that much. So I, I, I scheduled too many things. And uh, and and messed up. So we're supposed to be recording the Mandalorian this evening, uh, uh, faster, more intense for Mandalorian Chapter Eight. But uh, but I messed up and thought I thought that Matt was recording with us. It's it's going to be me and Tim and Paul. Um, we're going to record that on Wednesday, uh, uh, at some point. But um, hmm. so you can expect that probably Wednesday evening. I'll probably probably try and crank that one out soon after we record. Um, but I, I somehow I had scheduled Matt for today thinking that we were going to record faster, more intense and, uh, oh, that's fine. Cause, cause it means that we can just record rebel cells early. Hey, always, um, always something to do. It did mean, however, that I needed to watch the episode earlier. <laughs> so, cause it just, it's only Monday. It's not like I left it like all week, like I did last week. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, I watched it, and actually, pretty good episode. Not bad, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's you know I I there was a comment on on my Twitter because I was kind of tweeting about how you know it's like what I said last week on the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. About like what's the point if it's not connected to the rise of Skywalker? Why is this called Resistance? All that stuff, and. Uh, and and one of the responses back was like, yeah, it's a, 
it's a good episode. It's a shame, like it's completely irrelevant. <laughs> like if yeah. like if this show were happening at any other time, in any other context, I think that we would all be like, this is half decent Star Wars. But because of the promise of calling it Star Wars Resistance and having Poe Dameron so prominent in season one, it's like, okay, so when does this become part of the Resistance? When do we meet? Like, remember, think back to to the end of last season and how how strong it finished and how we were talking about, like, Mm. oh, man, this is going to be so great. Next season, it's like, like, we could start with, like, like the Falcon basically landing on the Colossus and then being like, we're all that's left. Um, and them using the Colossus as, as their, their base of operations and sort of striking out from there and then having the rest of the, the, the crew, obviously we wouldn't want to have Ray and Leia and everybody in every single episode, but having them appear in the season premiere would have been really cool. And, having the Falcon in this style and seeing all the characters in this style and all of that stuff would have been neat, but, um, that's not what happened. <laughs> um, yeah. obviously, uh, we ended up with, uh, with a season two that is really, really disconnected from the rest of the story. And my friend, Alex, uh, Severinsky, uh, over on, on Twitter, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a real life friend. I, I know him in real life, but, uh, I, uh, we were having a back and forth on Twitter and he, he said something really, really um, interesting and, and it sort of along the lines of um, like at the point in time when they were producing these episodes, the story for rise of Skywalker may not have been figured out. And then I sort of thought back to it, thought about how much that makes sense and that season one would have been written alongside the last jedi because yeah. it didn't come out until the year after the last jedi right mm-hmm. well season two would have been written at the same time that season one was airing which uh which means that rise of skywalker would not have been locked at the point that they started breaking stories so the reason why it's disconnected is because rise of skywalker didn't have a story at the point in time when they were writing season two. Yeah. And well, they're, that, generally, they're generally what a year, year, a year, so. year and a half. Yeah. Sort of okay. in that time frame because of how long it takes to do the animation. Right. So, um, just another example. And, and here's the thing. Season one does not link up with the last Jedi season two links up with the last Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. The beginning of the season. And we see Dakar and all of that. Right. Season one links up with the Force Awakens. They didn't have to worry about that, right? So because that puts actually probably like yeah, I guess maybe they're writing the Last Jedi at the same time, um, or maybe it, they even wrote Resistance before that. In any case, like it makes a lot more sense that these things are disconnected when you start thinking about the production timeline. Right. Just another really good example of how. Uh, Lucasfilm not having a master plan for the sequel trilogy um, is a bit of a disservice to the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think even with, with the prequels, George, not the original trilogy, the original trilogy, he was making that thing up as he went along. But I think with the prequels, 
he had a pretty good idea of we're going to tell the story of Anakin when he's a little boy. We're going to jump ahead to him at the end of his Jedi training um, when he reconnects with Padme at the beginning of the Clone Wars. We're going to skip over the Clone Wars uh, and then we're going to and then we're going to do a movie specifically about the fall of Anakin Skywalker. And so just that that level of planning allows you to then jump in and in between two and three say, okay, we're going to do an animated series here. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't mean the CG animated series. I mean the 2d. So they were able to do something. They, the books were able to bridge the gap as well. Um, and, and a lot of that stuff is irrelevant at this point, but that's because of the clone wars series coming in and sort of rewriting some of that history. And then obviously the, uh, the, the buyout, erasing that expanded universe except when it pops back up um everything is not canon until it's canon again which i uh, i a lot of things are slowly becoming canon once more but um a lot of old republic stuff got i mean like the stories aren't necessarily canonized but the characters are um with the with the the names of the different sith i uh, i uh, squadrons or whatever in uh in uh the different detachments or whatever in um in rise of skywalker now none of that's on screen but it's all in the visual dictionary so um take that for what it's worth but Mm. but yeah i so i think after hearing that and thinking that through it's a little bit sobering of like oh so they literally could not have linked this up with rise of skywalker um at which point it's like okay so it's not on I like I'm still critical of Lucasfilm for that choice of Lucasfilm and Disney it's like come on guys like you gotta have you gotta know that the fans want more than yeah than than a series that's named resistance but has nothing to do with the resistance if you're gonna do that show if you're gonna call it that then then it needs to be it needs to be linked. It needs to be part of the larger story. But, um, I mean, like at the end of this episode, I was saying to Crystal after I watched it, I was like, this is sort of like the, the, the whole crux of, of my problem with the show <laughs> is that the very end yeah. of the episode, uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Norath turns Norath, to Kaz yeah. and he's like, man, you're pretty good in a fight. We make a good team. Let's, uh, why don't you come back to the resistance with me? And we can take this fight to the first order. And and Kaz looks at his friends and goes, "Nah, I'm good." And you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm sorry. What? You're good? the okay. The resistance has been wiped out and needs all of the pilots that it can get. When they swoop in at the end of the episode, when we're like, "Oh no, the the Colossus has jumped out." Um. Our our heroes in this episode specifically that the four of them, five of them, if you count CB, um, they're going to have to track down the Colossus. That must be mm. what like the next little bit's going to be about. Um, and then who knows what'll, what'll have happened in the meantime with them gone. Uh, and then you get the awesome reveal of the aces coming back through the clouds to, to rescue them, take it all out at all the tie fighters. And I'm like, that's what I wanted. Yeah, I know. That's Perfect what job. I was asking for in Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. I wanted that moment. I wanted. Uh, I didn't want Snap Wexley to die, but uh, I'm sorry. That's a that's a Rise of Skywalker spoiler. 
Um, I hope that everybody's seen it by now. We're going to kind of consider sure. yeah. that everybody's seen it at this point, right? You're listening to a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. You Let me be it. really clear. As of this week, we're not going to pussyfoot around around Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. If you've seen it, you've seen it. <coughs> um, if you haven't, I'm not sure why you waited two weeks to go see it. But um, if that's the case, then stop listening now. Wait until you've seen it and then come back and listen. Um, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted like the moment of like, all hope is lost are 15 fighters and a couple of, uh, Corvettes and a lander are not going to do it. Um, and then, and we get that moment of like, oh no, we're, we're, we're screwed. And then Lando shows up and there's a lot more of us and we see the whole, uh, the whole group of, of ships, right? Not the resistance fleet. Um, cause it's not a, it's not a Navy. It's just people. I really, mm-hmm. I love that line. That's one yeah. of my favorite lines it's in, just in the movie is yeah. like, it's just people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you guys are screwed. Um, <laughs> you pissed off the wrong galaxy. Um, it was at that moment that I wanted it to be like, <clears throat> here's how I would have rewritten it. Here's how I would have rewritten it, okay? I would have had the moment with with Snap and he's like, I can't I can't shake him sort of thing, right? Like, oh they're on me, I can't do anything about it. And then and then just to mirror the Death Star battle with, yeah. with Luke and and You think um, the Han thing? Yeah. And Wedge. No, like with Luke and oh. and, and Wedge, because like Luke is like oh, okay. Luke is like Biggs, where are you? Like like I, I can't shake them. And then Wedge swoops in and is like don't worry i got you covered and and uh and then we continue on with the battle i wanted it to be like like poe where are you i can't i can't shake him and and for poe to be like i'm i'm coming snap i'm coming don't worry like and us to think like oh no they're about to kill snap wexley and then at the last second like maybe like his r2 unit gets taken out or something like that and then at the last second you get like the aces coming in and it's like, you just see like these, these five, what is it? Five or six yeah. fighters that we've never seen before in the movies, just like blast in and just take out like, like 10 tie fighters. And you just hear Kaz going like, going like, don't worry, Poe, I got you covered. And mm-hmm. then Poe to go like, Kaz, is that you? And then yeah. like, no, we yeah. don't need to see their faces. We just need to see their ships and just have Kaz like talk to him over the comms and just be like, and then and then Lando coming in and being like being like yeah we brought the party to you sort of thing, um, and get our Avengers Endgame moment, which is what I think we all wanted from that, which was right. Lando and like the on your left, and then and then all of these ships, and then to hear Hera uh, aboard the Ghost, and to get like those punch ins of everything, and to watch mm-hmm. watch the Colossus jump in, and then it's it's bays open and just starfighters pour out like like not just the aces but like a bunch of other starfighters are pouring out like ships that we've never seen before um to see Kragen and his crew there as well like to see that galleon in in mm. realistic yeah. um like because it's made out of imperial parts right so how cool would it be to see that not in animated form but in real form uh, um, the pirate ship you're talking about yeah the pirate ship the galleon yeah yeah, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, this cold 
will not go away for those of you who are following along on the saga of my cold. I cannot shake this cold, man. It's driving me nuts. Um, it's come back with a, with a vengeance this last couple of days. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean that, that to me, as time goes on everything else, I think I said this, uh, uh on the last episode of resist of, of rebel cells talking about resistance, everything else I can square the visual dictionary helps me, um, talking it out, listening to other people's opinions. I think one of the greatest things is that a lot of the people who didn't like the last Jedi do like rise of Skywalker. It's that's been pretty consistent, I think, um, and, and I think what's interesting about that is that I think now Rise of Skywalker lovers and Last Jedi lovers uh, uh, were kind of coming together on common ground, which is like, oh, yeah. I really like the choices they made in this movie. I don't understand why you don't like them. It's like, well, I really like the choices yeah. they made in this movie that might feel a little bit contradictory to yours. I don't understand why you don't. But instead of it being like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, it's like, oh, oh, this is what that feels like, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. sort of, like, so for me as someone who really loved The Last Jedi and was a little bit lukewarm on, uh, pun intended, I guess, on uh, on Rise of Skywalker at first, I listened to the whole seven hours of The Saga Continues, uh, uh, which, I, I'll be honest, I don't listen to all of their episodes and I don't generally listen all the way through to all of their episodes. I kind of pop in, see what's up and, and listen and then, and then pop out. I, but, uh, but I listened through the whole seven hours and two minutes. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and there's some really good stuff in there and really like, like hearing it's funny. Cause I, I going into it, I was like, Oh, I think I agree more with Kyle. I'll agree more with Kyle than I will with Paul. And then Tim's somewhere in the middle, um, coming out of it. I'm like, actually, I, I, although Kyle's sticking points are the same as mine, his reasons are very different from mine. And I'm like, Mm. no, Kyle, you're way off base. (laughs) And then hearing Paul sort of defend stuff and talk about it from his point of view, I'm like, okay, no, I get why I get why this is resonating with other people. Um, and it's not that it's bad storytelling. It's good storytelling. It's just, there, there are just some choices that I'm not a big fan of. Um, uh, like the Palpatine stuff in particular. Right. Um, I get it. Like, I understand why it happened, but I, it's not what I would have done. Yeah. Um, I would have done the exact same thing just with Obi-Wan. Do you go listen to our faster, more intense review for me to lay all that out? But I, yeah, I would have, I, 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 like if it were up to me, if I were the one writing that story, I would have had it be not the culmination of Palpatine's story, but the culmination of, obi-wan's story because Mm. that's kind of to me that's the piece of the skywalker saga that gets kind of swept to the side um and and especially after the clone wars tie this back into animation with the fact that the clone wars the clone wars has three main characters by the end four i guess by the end of the series right we kind of start out it's an anthology we jump all over the place and every once in a while throughout the seasons we jump and we get these little bites of the galaxy from other perspectives but ultimately, that series is about four characters. It's about Anakin, obviously. It's mm-hmm. about Ahsoka, his past. So, yeah. It's about Obi Wan and yeah. and um, his past um, and his conflict with Darth Maul, and then it's about Yoda uh, coming to the realization that they've that the order is doomed, right? Mm. 
Um, so that's like that's kind of like how I look at the Clone Wars, and it's like I feel like Yoda has kind of gotten like his story is fairly complete, um, and the Clone Wars does a lot to help us get there. I think that the Clone Wars opened up a lot of conversations about Obi Wan Kenobi and his larger role in the galaxy and who he was and and how he affected things that that to me isn't resolved by the end of the Skywalker saga. I feel like Anakin's story actually is resolved very well by the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, it, it obviously leaves Luke and Leia out there, but Luke and Leia are part of Rey's story at that point, right? Um, but because of all of the stuff with Mandalore, because of the stuff with Darth Maul, Granted, we get closure on the two of them, but because of the stuff with Satine and because of where Mandalore is left right now, I'm kind of like, and then, and then he goes into hiding. He goes, he's, he goes into seclusion to, to look over, watch over Luke. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just because he's my favorite character. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to justify it. Maybe yeah. it is the, exactly the same as, as Luke and Leia in the sequel trilogy, which is exactly what it should be. But to me, the culmination of that story would have been really cool if we would have discovered that that alongside him watching over Luke, that there's more to his story. Yeah. Um, maybe more that he did he didn't even know about, right? So Satine um and, and him having a relationship and reconnecting and, and all of that sort of thing. And because I always I always like to look at the at the relationship between Obi Wan and Satine as the polar opposite of the relationship between Anakin and Padme. Anakin and Padme, yeah. Anakin and Padme are not in love. That's my personal opinion. That's my read of it. They're not in love. They are in love with the idea of being in love with each other. They're infatuated. They are mm. lustful towards one another. But they don't truly. Neither one of them is a fully. Um, not fully developed, like in the sense of like, oh, they're not developed characters in the writing. But I mean, like, like personally, each one of them has has these pasts and these these lives that that keeps them separated from from a normal idea of a relationship. She was a queen. She ruled a planet at fourteen years old. What does that do to you, right? It's like she's like a child star, kind of, yeah. right? So it's like, what does that do to you in terms of like how you form relationships with other people? Um, and here's this this handsome boy that is infatuated with you, and he's powerful, and he's he's attractive, and he's funny, and he's all of these things. And that's all stuff that's in the movies. Like I'm not even like like embellishing or adding more, or even saying like the Clone Wars coming in and fixing it. Just in Attack of the Clones, like that's all there. That's all present. So when she turns and she's like, I've been in love with you since the day you stepped back in, into my life. What she means is you're hot and I've been thinking about jumping you since I saw you <laughs> a week ago. Right. Hmm. Um, the flip of that is Obi-Wan and Satine who meet around the same age. But um, and it's very similar. She's this duchess and he's a Jedi. And instead of them pursuing it and having this secret affair, they do the right thing and they don't continue their relationship. And I thought, what a great, what a great through line to develop with that character. If Satine in the opposite move of what Padme does, Padme comes up and she's like, 
I have great news. We're, I'm pregnant. Like, we're having a baby. And he's like, oh, man, what are we going to do? This is mm. the greatest ever, but how are we going to deal with this? If Satine, if they, if, if Obi-Wan and Satine had a child, but Satine was like, this would destroy Obi-Wan. No one can know about this. Right. And like, mm. she went away and like, literally nobody knows mm-hmm. that Satine had a, a, a son, daughter. It doesn't matter. Right. Like what gender? I don't care. But it doesn't, it's irrelevant for this story purpose because that person ends up becoming the, uh, the, the parents of Ray. Right. Right. Yeah. Like one of the parents of Ray and us discovering that like, Oh, actually, um, I, this, this character, I, I has existed this whole time. And we didn't know about it. And now here's a Kenobi come to, uh, to correct the, the mistake of Obi-Wan, right? Mm-hmm. Like to, in order to, to like, and, and what that does, Palpatine can still be in the story. I like, I'm fine with bringing Palpatine back from the dead, but what you do is instead of, instead of you creating, the dyad in the force it's a it's a trinity right which i think is a is a bit more of a relevant religious piece of iconography to to pull from it also completes the mortis trinity trinity right Mm -hmm. so then we have we have uh uh she is the, the daughter kylo ren is obviously the son and then palpatine because of anakin's actions during the mortis trilogy palpatine is able to become a twisted version of the father. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, and that completes that iconography from, from Mortis. It, it, Trinity, we understand a little bit more than a dyad. So it's a little bit easier to explain, um, at least to a Western audience that is familiar with Judeo Christian iconography. Um, which is maybe me being very like Euro Western centric, but it's a, it's that the, movies are so yeah <coughs> there's a lot of eastern influence as well but in any case um so then we have those three pieces and what we have is the skywalkers and the kenobis coming back together because they were separated by palpatine by his actions but the two of them finding each other coming back together and then defeating palpatine in order to restore to truly permanently not permanently, but in a more lasting way, restore balance to the force. Mm. Right. So I like that to me, that's, that's personally what I would have done. But, um, and that all kind of say it on this podcast, cause it all ties back into the animated stuff. I also understand how much more work that is to explain <laughs> to a movie going audience of like, well, in case yeah. you weren't aware but the flip side of that, not to spoil the Mandalorian, but um, the closing moments of the Mandalorian in, for season one tied directly back into Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and in yeah, a very meaningful way. Um, yeah. So mm. it's not like we're above doing that, but maybe not in the movies, I guess. But I, I, like to me, I don't know. I just feel like that would have been that would have had had the same kind of mythological significance. But it would have actually, um, it would have changed. I think that the Palpatine reveal doesn't change anything. Changes mm-hmm. our understanding of Palpatine. It doesn't change our understanding of the prophecy, right? Of the chosen one or how that comes to pass, right? 
and thinking of it in in terms of like one action is is i think a nearsighted that's that's too simple right mm. like anakin's path and and luke and leia's inclusion in that and then eventually ray's inclusion of that in that and and ben solo as well it's all this is all part of that prophecy um yeah, but I I don't know I just like that that would have yeah. been that would have been my approach to it to just bring in closure on Obi Wan's storyline. Um, yeah, I mean we would have ended up with the same thing we end up with, which is like, wait, what? Can we get that character's story? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Crystal said something really interesting as we were talking about it this afternoon, and she was like, she said to me, she was like, I thought that I thought about Palpatine's son in like the Harry Potter terms of like, he's a squib, right? So like in Harry Potter, for those who, who aren't familiar, uh, I, a squib is, is a person who's born to two um, wizards, wizard witches, uh, that doesn't have magical capability. Right. That doesn't, okay. doesn't have the talent. So they're yeah. essentially like a muggle, but then they're raised within the wizarding community but they're called squibs, so they end up being like janitors and stuff. The the guy, the caretaker um, at Hogwarts is a squib. Um, he that's why he's the caretaker, and that's why we never see him use magic. Um, so yeah, I she her interpretation of that character was well, obviously he doesn't have a connection to the Force. That's why Palpatine didn't do this before. Mm. with him right because they captured him right like like uh, uh ochi captured oh yeah yeah her her father and mother and it's like well obviously neither one of them possessed that that talent it skipped a generation and and that's why he wants ray um, did it skip or did they did they actively resist yeah going and, that way I guess so it's that like it's of... it's open to interpretation right yeah and i said to sure, crystal sure. Um, what we were talking about is the fact that Kyle and a lot of his problems, he needs an explanation. That's his problem with a lot of the story points in the movie. Sure. Um, and, and to me, I'm like, no, I don't need an explanation. I just disagree with some of the choices that were made. Like, I understand why I j- it's just not what I would have done. Right. Mm. Um, and so we were talking about that and then we got into, into the whole, the whole, uh, Palpatine being like, yeah, I'm your grandfather. And then mm-hmm. you know, like Kyle wants, an explanation of everything that happens. Like he wants Palpatine to lay it all out right. in dialogue, right. Instead of leaving anything open to interpretation um, or Kylo Ren, whoever, right. To, to be like, this is what happened. Palpatine was in love with this lady and then she had a baby and then that guy grew up and then he met this woman and then they were together. And well, like, like that's kind of in order to justify that story point, the movie should explain that. I don't agree with that. I think that, it's like leave it open let's f- put it in a book right mm. uh, or an animated series uh but uh yeah i don't know it i i like the you know you're talking about resistance and tying it into mm-hmm. the rise and, and i i think like you were talking about that would have been a fantastic way to do it as far as like you said especially with poe bringing poe into it because poe has yeah. been in this series and you could tie that in there, like you know, Poe's the one that recruited, right? It's a it's a piece of redemption for Poe, right? Because he yeah. screwed up so massively in the Last Jedi. Resistance Reborn is about him. The 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 book is about him dealing with that, 
And having Kaz and the Aces and the Colossus show up at the end of this, along with a bunch of other allies that, that Kaz recruited, would be so meaningful to Poe's journey of like, oh, I am a leader. Like I, mm-hmm. I yeah. may have, I, I screwed up. I made a huge mistake, and a lot of people lost their lives. And and he's like, I don't, I don't think that Poe will ever forgive himself for that. I think that moment with, with him uh, in front of Leia's uh, body uh, in the middle of the movie, like right before the third act, I think that's still him grappling with it. That's still him going. And it's also for people who didn't read the book, so that they have a moment of, oh, Poe actually feels the effects of the Last Jedi. And, the, and to me, that's one of those really great examples of J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio not saying like, oh, The Last Jedi was dumb. That's not what they're saying. It's the same as Luke catching the lightsaber. What they're mm-hmm. saying is these characters learned from what they went through in that movie. Everybody went through a trial. Like it's the middle of the of the three act structure. They all went through the, these trials. And that's that like Poe comes out the other side going like am I a leader? Am I fit to do this? I don't know if I'm ready. And then Lando saying like, neither were we. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Right. It's kind of the culmination of that. And then having, having Lando go out, get everybody, tell them where the battle is, bring them all to Exegol. And for, for Kaz and the Colossus to be a part of that, I think would have been really meaningful for Poe of yeah. like, I recruited this kid. I saw something in him and I saw something of me in him and look what he's done. Mm-hmm. He's, he's brought these, these aces who are used to competing. That's what they're, and, but now they're a squadron, right? He's brought, and then all of their friends, this ship, all of this, like he's united the entire Colossus under the banner of the resistance in order to fight the first order and, and, you know, restore the Republic and all that stuff. Like, like if Kaz can do it, then, then obviously, right. you know, I have that, that, capacity as well right like that that would have been such a great meaningful moment but mm. yeah no, i agree i think i think that now that we know that they're not in the rise of skywalker that yeah. it's safe to assume that <clears throat> the rise of skywalker is roughly a year after the last jedi and it just yeah. seems like this story is going to you know wrap up sometime after the last jedi but not get close to uh the rise of skywalker because so, you have that huge time yeah. frame so. Yeah, it's hard to say whether it does or doesn't, right? Because it's a full it's an 18 episode season. So, yeah. you know, if there's like weeks in between each of these stories, which like they give room for that for the fact that like they're not yeah. telling every single story. Their character growth is happening in between scenes sort of thing. Mm, yeah. Um you could you could make the argument that that we're going to meet up with with Rise of Skywalker, but but yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to. I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to be even remotely yeah, part of that, but even more more reason for the, their exclusion and Rise of Skywalker to make no sense. It's one thing for Resistance not to sync up with Rise. It's another thing for Rise to fully ignore these characters, mm. right? Yeah, right. People say that they see the Colossus, but I still have not been able to pick uh, up that shot. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I've seen quite a few other things, but not yeah. not the Colossus. Um, let's jump. Let's what, jump into this recap. If you yeah, let's do it. Um, here we go. Calculate the jump, chop. How is my boyfriend doing? Maybe I can help you. I am 
Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. No! So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue? Not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. So this is Breakout, directed by Brad Rowell, written by Stephen Melching. Uh, big fan of his. Um, I'll start it off. Axe, Tagrin moves Yeager and Sonara to the main hangar of the First Order shuttle. Meanwhile, Kaz and Norath seek, uh, sneak through the village, evading First Order troops. So we're kind of breaking this up a little bit here. Um, this thing, like you said earlier before we started, Mike, it bounces back and forth a lot. But we're coming back from a cliffhanger where Yiga and Sonara were battling Axe. Yeah. And there was some sort of explosion, and, you know, that was kind of where it cut. But we find out from the beginning of this episode that Yiga and Sonara are, in fact, captured by Axe and are being delivered to the First Order. Uh, Kaz and Norath... Uh, kind of see what's going on and they they try to save Yeager and Sonara quickly but it just doesn't work out and Kaz thinks Axe uh, he kind of thinks and they said this in the episode that he wanted Norath to send a distress call to lure more resistance uh, just to lure more resistance and just yeah. to capture more so um, any, any do you want to continue or you have any thoughts on this beginning here? Let's continue through, because I think yeah, it's yeah. Kinda, it kind of okay. all connects. Uh, yeah. At the shuttle, Commander Pyre tells the bounty hunter that if the First Order finds the remaining rebels first, he gets no payment, while Agent Tierney greets Yeager coldly. I look forward to getting to know you, she says ominously. So we've got, kind we're kind of setting the stakes here, right? Like, she's got Yeager and Sinar, and she's going to torture them. Um, yeah. And and Axe has been given kind of this, this ticking clock of, like, Either either you find the resistance members or we'll find them first. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. If we do, then you're not getting paid, pal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, somewhat kind of like of a challenge almost. Like who will get to Kaz first? You know, is yeah. it going to be Axe or Tiger or uh, Pyre in the first door? So, yeah. Uh, you want me to keep going? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, Kaz contacts Captain Doza informing him of recent events. Though Kaz says he has a plan to rescue his friends, which he doesn't, Doza says that the spy uh, must hurry. If the Colossus gets into trouble, Doza may have to jump to light speed and leave them behind. So Doza has the Colossus somewhat hidden, Mike, in this, um, elect- they call it an electrical interference. He's kind of hidden his cloud electrical thing. And he basically says it like, if trouble comes, uh, they're out of there. But uh, as we'll see later in the episode, it kind of, it all kind of works out, him leaving and, and them him yeah. coming back. We'll get there. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, aboard the shuttle, stormtroopers subdue CB-23 and begin the painful process of extracting data. Elsewhere, Tierney tortures Sinara and Yeager for information, but they don't talk. I, I appreciated that they that they brought CB-23 into this like to mm-hmm. kind of raise the stakes a little bit because at the end of the last episode, I didn't really think about that. I was just thinking about Yeager and Sinara. And um and Kaz and, and Norath were on the speeder bike, right? Yeah. But, but then like they they didn't forget about CB twenty three. She's yeah. obviously yeah. important. 
Um, yeah. And yeah. like you said, like MVP of this episode, right? So <laughs> I know he's getting fried here. And obviously, you know, they're looking for Pyre's looking for, you know, they want info. They want agents. They want bases. They want military code stuff. You're going to need uh, to to fight the re- resistance. So that's what they uh, they got CB. And then and then also attorney, like you said, talking in the in episode here, torturing uh, Sonara, then Yeager. And she wants obviously she wants she wants to know where the Colossus is. And, and Turney kind of takes this dig at at, um, at Yeager, saying that Tam doesn't think of him as compassionate. Uh, so, you know, just throwing a little insult on there on top of the on top of some of the torturing. I here. think do, I think doing really important groundwork for um, for Yeager deciding to to save Tam at the end. Of the yeah, because we yeah. know that that's where this is going, right? So. Um, yeah, I, I I think that this episode is really important in that respect because we're getting some character development with with Yeager where he's sort of realizing, oh, Tam feels like I betrayed her. Mm-hmm. She didn't just join the First Order. And for for Tierney to sort of assert like, oh, you, like you're she thinks you're the bad guy. And he's like, well, I think she's the bad guy. It's like, wait a second. We're both wrong about each other. Um so yeah, I, I yeah I, I feel like I feel like that um, that's a really important moment for Yeager to experience in order for him to come back from because earlier in the season he was like Tam made her choice I've written her off she's done right, right. and mm-hmm. so this I think puts him in a little bit more of a position of like of like oh damn like I screwed up like essentially as her father figure sure. I am the one who messed up yeah. and I need to. I need to, to make this right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's like a little bit of foreshadowing there as far as turning, talking to, uh, to, to, uh, Yeager. I was getting that same vibe. Uh, finally, Kaz has an idea. They'll ambush a couple of stormtroopers, steal their armor and sneak onto the first order shuttle in disguise. Though Norath is dubious, they soon just secure two sets of armor and set out for the shuttle. But Axe Tabron monitoring their communications, knows their plan so mike they're setting up the whole han and luke uh get in the stormtrooper outfit and uh, kind of kind of you know meet their way in through uh, uh undetected but uh like it says here axe is uh, on the comms and uh, he's kind of one step ahead of them uh throughout this episode yeah. Uh, so yeah yeah go ahead a little bit <laughs> deus ex machina but that's okay yeah. he's a bounty hunter <laughs> they have gadgets sure. that's how it works um where are we, Tierney? Yeah. 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 Tierney continues her interrogation of Yeager, and the rebel veterans st- veterans still resist. Meanwhile, Tagrin boards the rebels' transport and discovers the location of the Colossus, quickly informing Pyre, who gives the order to attack. So, we see that Yeager's made a pretty tough stuff, and he also implies to Sinar at one point that he's dealt with this sort of thing before, which I thought yeah. was like, yeah. like there's an element here where I'm like, can we get Yeager's story, please? Because <laughs> Like yeah, I would like right. like I think it would be really great to get it like how we got Kanan's story in the comic, which which remains my favorite comic of the of the Disney era, um the the Padawan Lost uh, not Padawan Lost uh, uh what's it I guess just Star Wars Kanan there's two volumes to it there's yeah uh, but uh, I I actually I even just recently because I have all the issues and then I had the opportunity recently to buy the hardcover collected mm. edition of all. I think it's 12 issues um, hmm. in one hard hardcover uh, edition. And I bought it because I was like, this is this is my favorite. It's uh, it's just like I have the Dark Empire trilogy. I have that 
in a collected edition with the two Dark Empire one, Dark Empire two, and then there's another one that they consider part of that trilogy that I don't really consider part of it. But um, yeah, I yeah, uh, I would love it if they did something similar to that with Yeager to do his backstory, like kind of give us his, his uh, like a not a cliff notes, but like obviously like this sort of uh, time jumping sort of uh, view of of how he came to be part of the rebellion and then eventually end up on the Colossus. Yeah, no, definitely. They, they definitely kind of tease you with a lot these little tiny little nuggets of him, his backstory. Like, man, yeah, like you said, you just want to know more and, and him being tortured, you know, tyranny hears, she's asking about, you know, she even says, mentions Leia's name. So she knows who Leia is and yeah. looking for her. And, uh, she says, Tam, we're well, actually, you said, this kind of goes to your point earlier about, about Yeager, he says, uh, Tam will realize how evil the First Order is and take you down without knowing it. So I thought that was, again, like you were saying earlier, some kind of a, a foreshadowing of maybe what yeah. is going to happen between him or Tam as well. So um, the Colossus detects an incoming First Order Star Destroyer, and Doza realizes that their position has been compromised. As he readies to make the jump to light speed, Tora pleads with her father to stay and wait for their friends. But the first order closes in. The Colossus jumps to hyperspace. So, like you said earlier, like there's only so much they can wait, and then it's they got to get out of there because it's they're like sitting ducks out there, uh, and there's no way they can, uh, you know, wait around for for Kaz and them. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I do like that. This is a bit of a misdirect that we think like because because Doza's like, look, I can't stick around forever. Um, sort of thing, and we're like, oh no, like because Doza has to take care of everybody else in the Colossus, and that's absolutely his job when when a mission like this goes sideways it's like well you have to just have to have faith that yeager sainara and kaz are gonna figure it out and then they'll find the colossus later right yeah um but uh but obviously that's not the way that it's gonna play out um, and axe is the axe is the one that actually kind of finds them too yeah uh, so um yeah go ahead. uh back on varkana Kaz and Norath unexpectedly find themselves face-to-face with Commander Pyre and zap him with a stun blast. In the First Order hangar, CB-23 manages to escape, taking out Agent Tierney in the process. So I love this moment. This is probably my favorite moment of Season 2. When they open the door and Pyre is there and they try to sort of fake it, and then (laughs) Kaz just blasts him. And Tierney, uh, sorry, Pyre goes down. And then Kaz turns around and he goes, dang. These things are set to stun. And it's like, oh, Kaz was trying to kill Pyre. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kaz yeah. was having none of Pyre's uh, uh, attitude. Yeah, um, yeah I, I like that because I think that's a little bit of growth for Kaz's character who previously didn't really even touch a blaster. And for him to, A, like, think on his feet and, and do that that quickly. And then, B, for him to be like, that didn't go the way that I wanted it to. I would have yeah. been <laughs> done with that with that enemy. Uh, permanently yeah. but being willing to do to do what it takes in order to to win the war sort of thing but yeah. still a kid show still a kid show yeah no, i know it's kind of like it almost somewhat reminded me of kind of like a hand solo type thing just like yeah you know like he runs around the corner and all of a sudden there's stormtroopers everywhere and he just takes a shot and starts running away so yeah. uh really really good stuff uh kaz and Norath finally reach yeager and sonara and cb23 soon joins them but when they leave, Kaz gets no response from Captain Doze on his comlink. Still, they make their way back to the ship only to find Tagrin waiting. Um, so, yeah, they, they're they sneaking aboard the shuttle. And, of course, 
Tagren's been uh, Axe Tagren's been one step ahead of him this whole time, mm. and has the drop on him. And see what happens next. Mike, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, yeah, they look. Uh, sorry, they lock the bon- bounty hunter in the ship, but it doesn't hold him for long. Just when it looks like they've run out of luck, CB twenty three piloting their craft ignites the thrusters and sends Tagren hurtling backwards hard into a wall. So, like you said, CB twenty three MVP of the episode. Yep, so here he is coming back in. (laughs) Kaz and his friends quickly get on board and head for space. But TIE fighters are in hot pursuit. Out of the clouds, however, come the aces. They hold off the First Order fighters, and soon the Colossus emerges from hyperspace. Kaz and the aces make desperate landings in the Colossus hangar, and Doza jumps away. So this was actually a really, actually really cool scene. I love the way they animated this thing, and, Mm -hmm. and just how I love the fact that this the Colossus, it kind of does this, not a hyperspace jump per se, but it's in hyperspace, boom, everybody jumps on board and boom, it's gone. And there's no chance for the First Order to really do anything. So it's kind of a cool little action scene there. Um, kind of a, a bit of a prelude to light speed skipping. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, definitely. They're out of definitely hyperspace kind of just long enough. I mean, I think that we saw stuff like that in Rebels as well, right? Because they had mm-hmm. the... Phoenix Squadron had the the Imperial carrier for a little bit there, and I think they might have pulled something like that, something very similar. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's just a matter of having the coordinates already. The correct, yeah. Dialed in. Right. But, right. Uh, <clears throat> their adventure over, Norath offers Kaz the chance to come with him when he returns to the Resistance. Looking away at his friends, Kaz declines the offer. I don't think I'm ready to leave just yet, he says, instead suggesting they get some drinks at Auntie's. So I already talked about this. This was kind of the everything was great. And then instead of putting a cherry on the top of this of this episode, they were like, yeah, remember, this is Star Wars Resistance, the show where they don't join the resistance. <laughs> I, it just yeah, like it that. just bummed me out. I was like, what? what? No. What? Yeah. That's not what you're supposed to say. Yeah. And Norath is supposed to then go like, Kaz, there's like 30 of us. Like, everybody's dead. You know that, right? You saw what happened at Dakar. Do you know what happened? Let me tell you what happened. Um, yeah. And for Kaz to then be like, oh, oh, I guess we I guess we do need to go. I, I guess I, I guess I should. And I'm going to talk to everybody else, see if they'll come too. Um, but anyways. I guess he's still waiting for, for Poe to reach him and, you know, get some more info and Maybe it's Poe's decision when he actually comes and joins the resistance. I'm just trying to think of, you know, what, like you said, this doesn't make any sense. Like it's time to go, but I don't know. We got a few more episodes left, so that's probably why. Yeah. You know, we got to finish it up here. Uh, but yeah, like we said earlier, not a bad episode. I mean, definitely, um, I've enjoyed. I don't enjoyed it more than the last few. I th- I think. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens as we, like, she's, we're, you know, we're on the last, we're on the downhill slope here. We only got a few episodes left. So, yeah. um, interesting to see, uh, how we finish up. I'm, not, I'm actually, now I'm just like, I'm so curious now as to how they're going to end this. So, uh, we got till what the, the third week in January is our last episode. So we're, we just got a few left. Yep. Yep. But, just, uh, kind of crank through these last, I think, <clears throat> what is it? I guess it's four weeks, right? Yeah. Yep. That's it for uh, this week, though. That is it for this week. Uh, Next week, uh, we've got the episode Mutiny. Uh, Kragen buys a secret weapon to capture the Colossus and take over. When Sayonara discovers this plan, she tries to warn Kaz and crew, but it may be too late. So this might be why we like Kragen and them. They they might end up leaving after this episode, but Mm -hmm. um, and then I but I think Sayonara will stay. 
Yeah. I think yeah, what you'll this, end up yeah. with is is you'll end up with a, a, a number of the pirates that stay in a number, and most of the pirates leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I so I don't know. We'll we'll see we'll see how that one plays out next week. Um, but uh, like you said, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, thanks for for listening through all of my like Rise of Skywalker animated connection stuff. Um, of course, uh, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebels podcast on Twitter at rebels podcast and on Instagram at rebel cells. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at arkwolf, A R K W U L F. And you can follow Matt at the crankster. That's crankster with a K. And uh, you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out more great podcasts in the network. And uh, if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And second, by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack. And uh, kicking in with your monthly pledge of support and getting some cool rewards for it. Um, yeah, we're uh, look. It's this is the last one of the year. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening in 2019. It's been a crazy year. Um, we got crazier stuff coming in 2020. Uh, but uh, thank you everybody for supporting us this year and for uh, sure. and for listening along. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's only going to get better. We're it's, next year is going to be really interesting. Once resistance resistance is done and Clone Wars comes out, and we hear what's coming next from Lucasfilm Animation, um, and yeah. uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, so that we have something to talk about. But uh, but look, hey, it's all good because we're gonna have Clone Wars, and then uh, and then yeah, Matt and I can always too. go back and do more Clone Wars special edition or what have you. And I uh, I we got Mandalorian in the f- season two in the in the fall. So fall, yeah. Um, Cool. Stuff. That's it for this week, uh, and we will catch you guys next week. Bye.